What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of In the Nick of Time, live on the Anchor for Spotify app. In connection with Reprogram Your Thinking videos, videos, which you can find when you follow me on Instagram at Lovejoy. I am your host, Nikki, and time is a gift we should not waste, so let's get right into it. First of all, guys, I'm not a licensed counselor. I do not have a PhD. I am not a preacher. So I know you probably say, Nikki, why should anyone listen to what you have to say? Well, I simply obey God's word. And on this podcast, I get to stroke my ego by edifying God only. So if you are listening, that means you and I can grow up together. And unlike the majority, you love honesty. Now, I have been talking about church is not the answer and i will reiterate what i mean by saying church is not the answer church is not the answer to me is basically you are the church going to that building i'm not telling you that you should not go praise the lord and worship the lord But I am saying this. You can do your rituals. You can, you know, live by traditions and live by doing what you're used to. But that does not mean you are a part of, you are in Christ. I'll put it like that. That's the most important thing, being in Christ. So... I was thinking about this and I came up with this concept, church is not the answer, because we get so accustomed to doing what we what we've learned. And we've learned that you go to church on Sunday, you pay your tithes, you uh uh if you do those things and you read your Bible and and you you will be okay. But I have learned, you know, as time has went on for me, you know, I go to church every Sunday and I read my Bible all the time. But um, I can honestly say that I still find myself doing a lot of things that is not conducive to godly uh, living. You know, I'll say I get angry quick. Um, I get frustrated over the smallest things. You know, my reactions aren't always, you know, in connection with what God would want me to do. So that let me that led me to say, you know, we have these debates about the right church the church uh who's going which church is going to heaven but the church that's going to heaven is the church that is without spot spot or blemish so that means what i learn in worship service when i meet with god you know what am i doing when i go out into the world you know so, 
to me, church is not the answer. It's just saying if you're going to church and you're tiding and you and you read your Bible because you think that's going to uh, help you navigate the trials and tribulations of life, it would it will. But you have to be in full submission and 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 fully devoted to God. It's not just a one day thing or you know Sunday, you know I'm 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 good, I'm happy, I'm smiling. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um in an uproar, um I'm, I'm I'm mad, I'm loud, I'm uh, I'm obnoxious, I'm ready to go to war at all times. My thought process is not that of, you know, loving your enemies. Uh, it's not that of a person who uh, can turn the other cheek. So, you know, to me, church is not the answer. It's me understanding that this is a lifelong thing. And this is more than when you go to church on Sunday and you, you see uh, other people that believe what you believe. And you feel like you're in a safe place as opposed to when you go out into the world and you don't feel that safe, you know. So that's what that's what I mean. But I'm not telling you that you shouldn't attend worship service. Do not get it twisted. You should attend worship service. Uh because it's a it's a place where you are with other people that can sharpen you and you should be sharpening them and we encourage and build each other up now got through all of the uh the small talk allow me to ask you allow me to ask my listeners how many of you are tired of the holy rollers trying to convert you well i start out by saying i don't care if you don't convert to christianity after hearing me i care that you convert and start following christ because your soul is at stake um and that's the biggest thing that's the most important thing it's not about me trying to tell you something that uh, will make you say, hmm, let me go uh, check check this out, you know. I want you to understand that this is deeper than what's on the surface. And what I mean by that is don't use Christ or think that Christ is it's all about making our life comfortable and easy. He, that's one thing that we all sometimes misunderstand. Uh, I, I, every day now is new mercies for me because I, I think about things differently every day. You know, and I don't get it twisted when things get hard, you know, I, I have times where I say, God, why am I going through this? If I'm in a trial or 
or if I'm in a storm, I'm asking, why am I going through this? And basically, it's because it's something I got to learn. It's something that he wants me to get so that I can grow and move to the next level. The next level isn't always I've got I got a better home, I got a new car, I got a better job. That's not always the next level. The next level in your life is when you get to a point where you know that this is an everyday, a lifelong process of, of learning how to live amongst people and be peaceable at all times. And sometimes you're going to find yourself in situations where like, this is hard. This is difficult. But you must understand that, hey, there's a reason for everything. And God makes no mistakes. So, I'm talking to my women. I'm talking to the women. And uh, I'm talking to women because I... First off, I am a woman. And I want to say, can we be strong but yet be vulnerable? That is one of the hardest things for me to do, to be vulnerable. You know, I am I'm a single woman, but I am not going to try to convince anyone of how awesome single life is. Because this walk... It's confusing sometimes. I think about myself being in a relationship, having a family, all of that. And then I look at the state of the world and I think how glad I am that I am single. The truth is singleness does not define who I am as a human being, as a woman. Titles are meaningless where God is concerned. We have so many fights going on in the world today. One of our biggest issues is the treatment of us as women. Our fight for equality, more protection from our men, especially our black men, and our plea for respect. You know, we take beatings for being feminine, too feminine, too sexual, and then for being too masculine when we are, when we take on the role of hey. I'm strong, I'm independent, Um, and I've heard this question posed before, what is a woman? Now, as you know, I don't tackle topics based on how I feel, so what is a woman? First, a woman is an image bearer, and and, and that was from the beginning. A woman is an image bearer, you know, that's enough to solidify our value. We don't need someone to tell us that we mean something to this world, that we bring something to this world, that we are important. We don't need anyone to validate that. It's validated due to the fact that God said he would make us in his image. We are image bearers, and we must we must not take that lightly. And I think we do sometimes because we're still out here fighting, looking, trying to create some movement that will help people to understand who we are, 
what we mean and why they should respect us and why they should treat us the way they treat men, which is, um, it's crazy in a sense, you know, why do we not want to be, you know, in our proper roles? Why do we not want to take our proper roles? Why is it so important for me to be able to get the same job, the same money as a man? We are image bearers, but we a man has a role and a woman has a role. And we have gotten lost and trapped in this world, in this web that the world has created that we uh we our individuality has become where we don't know how to come together as men and women you know we've separated ourselves even those who are married a woman's got her career and a man's got his career and they're separated because she's building wealth as if she's building wealth for herself and he's building wealth in the same manner when it's it's supposed to be about unity and oneness and and that's what we what we have uh turned the corner and 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 have started to go down the wrong path because we we think that okay i'm a woman i got my own I don't need a man. And a man is getting upset because, you know, we want that that quote-unquote independence. You know, and I think that's the one great thing about being single for me. Because I get to look at myself. You know, I, I get to recognize things that I know... Uh, I have to work on areas I have to get better at, you know, like preparing myself to be a wife, you know, a mother. So, first of all, like I said, we are image bearers. And because we have, we, we don't gravitate to that. We don't think about that in a sense of recognizing, hey, I am somebody just because. I am an image bearer. And we don't we don't want to talk about that in a sense. We 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 focus so much on, hey, give me my respect. Hey, I should be able to get that job. Hey, you need to pay me the same amount of money that uh you pay men, you know. And that has created this this dynamic of separation. Um, not only is a woman an image bearer, a woman is strength. How do you know that, Nikki? Well, a woman saved Israel from permanent captivity. Now, let me let me prove it to you because, like I said on my podcast, I like to prove things to you. I like to bring proof to the investigation because we are out here as women and we're fighting a battle that we we really shouldn't even be fighting because we we have a place in this world 
but we don't want to, uh, that's not enough. I'll put it like that. It's not good enough. Um, I want to look at the story of, uh, Moses's birth in Exodus chapter two. It says, and a man of the house of Levi went and took a wife, a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark. She took an ark of, of briar bushes for him, dabbed it with, as, with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it and laid it in the reeds by the river banks. And his sister stood afar to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. And her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew, Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him, and the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter. And he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, Because I drew him out of water. Now, how much strength does it take to love your child enough to know that I must sacrifice? Wanting to be his mother and knowing that in order to save his life, I must give him up. First, I hide him, and then he's brought back to me, and I'm paid to take care of him. And after I take care of him, raise him, bring him up to a certain statue in life, and I then I have to give him up. I did all of the hard work, and then I have to give my, my child up to someone to act as his mother. If that's not strength, I don't know what is. And then the young lady, Miriam, his sister, being raised to look after her little brother and make sure that he was okay. See, we, 
we must know our roles as women. We are nurturing. We are intelligent. And we have a voice. Submissiveness and allowing a man to take his role, that's even more strength. And I think we we have gotten lost in these feminist movements of I don't need a man. But you do. We need each other. We, we must get back to oneness. God said that a man will leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife. So why do we take that as, oh, that's if I want to get married. I'm not interested in getting married. So, hey, that, that doesn't mean anything to me. And he said they will become one flesh. We are separated. And that's the biggest problem. We are separated. And we and we as women are striving for something that we already have. Like, we're striving for equality. But we already... That's why the fight is, is, is still going on. And we're not making headway. Because we are already equal we just have to come together and strengthen each other because my strength with a man's strength we can conquer a whole lot but if if I'm trying to be so strong and I don't feel I need anyone to come in and be that barrier for my weaknesses. Because think about it. When you go to a mechanic as a woman, when we take our cars to a mechanic, a mechanic really knows that we don't know anything about cars. So when we pull up, we're, <laughs> we're, we're just... They're for the taking. I'll put it like that. They're ready to eat us alive because they can quote us prices and we don't know if it should cost that much. They they may charge us $200 to put some, $500 to put some brakes on. And as a woman, we don't know that, hey, it shouldn't cost that much for brakes to be put on. But if we want our car fixed and we don't have that barrier, that person that can be there in that time of weakness and say, hey, no, 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 no. Because if a man see another man with a woman come to a mechanic, uh, uh, come to a shop, an automotive shop, their whole, the whole thing would be different. The whole dynamics of how they give you a quote, you know, all of that, it, it will be different. 
go to a shop by yourself and then take maybe your husband or your father with you to a shop and you will see the difference and you will be amazed we need each other we need each other we need one another uh it's just like a man who doesn't think about life insurance but we as women we think about the long haul we're we're prudent in those things like hey we're not gonna be here always do you want to leave me in debt so we we should be complimenting each other instead of me saying hey i want my own and him saying oh hey okay you know and we're battling for a position that we don't really we really shouldn't be fighting for it goes against all the principles of god it doesn't go against a man it goes against the principles of god and that's what we miss you know we go against the principles of god and and we and we but we tell ourselves that i'm standing up for myself you know like with abortion and i won't get deep into that but i can prove to you that and i did this before on my podcast hey your body is not your own body your body does not belong to you and so we must realize those things And once again, women are more than a title. I'm not a mother. I'm not a wife. But I am a woman of God. Do I want to have a family? Yes, I do. But while I am single, I am focused on being a better version of myself. So what a single woman should be doing while she's single and she's... uh, moving through life and navigating life I sh- you should be pro god like Miriam the little the little girl the sister in the in Exodus 2 goes on to be held in such high esteem in chapter 15 of Exodus starting at verse 20 look at what it says about Miriam then Miriam the prophetess the sister of Aaron took the, the, the timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels, with all dances. And Miriam answered them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his riders he has thrown into the sea. She was a leader. You don't, you don't need to be told that you are something special as a woman because we are. Uh, a great example, Michelle Obama, when she stood beside Barack, you saw her strength. And she didn't have to tell you that she was strong. And she didn't have to tell, talk against uh being submissive to her husband because 
the things that they went through while they were in the White House, I'm pretty sure that woman didn't want to do two terms. That You know, it was talked about in the media. I don't know how true it is, how being in the White House almost cost them their marriage, almost caused them to want to, you know, wanting her. she wanted to leave. Because, see, we're looking at, she, she the first lady. And she looking at, look, y'all think this is glorious. No. But she was strength through it all. And she didn't need to create some kind of movement to say, hey, look at me. When you saw Barack and you saw her, you didn't miss her. You didn't overlook her. You didn't say, look at Barack. You said, look at Michelle and and Barack. You said, look at Barack and Michelle. You put those, when you talk about one of them, you're going to talk about both of them. And she did not have to be boisterous about her womanhood. You saw it all the time the gracefulness how she moved how she supported him and 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 but was still able to create her own path and say hey i'm with him because she could have easily left because she could have said hey that first turn was enough for me but as women I just wanted to start to give us a different type of voice. And and for us to learn that we are somebody, we are special. And we don't need someone to validate that. Because like I said, we're image bearers. That's the first thing that solidifies us. We are strength. And with us knowing those two things, we must understand that our, we're, not, we're not overlooked. We're just being heard in the wrong way because everybody's out of pocket. And we don't want to admit it, but everybody's out of pocket. And we we got to get back in pocket. We got to get back to our proper roles as women and as men. And we got to stop trying to find somebody that's going to take our side and be our cheerleader instead of cheerleading for us to be one. We got it. What's up, guys? Welcome to my segment of my podcast where I say, wake up, world. Wake up, world. Let's talk about hurt feelings, guys. Hurt feelings. Hurt feelings. This is the part in the, of my of my podcast where I I delve into uh, 
the different things that are going on in the world. Um, and I try to give as best I know how a godly perspective on it. So let's talk about hurt feelings and um, being oversensitive and being hypersensitive uh doing doing some research i was looking at it and i was like uh it was shocking to see that you know the articles that i did read they were saying being hypersensitive is a sin and 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 that's the thing about us we only think of certain sins when we talk about sin um we don't think about this world and how sinful it is due to the fact that everything is offensive to us oh uh, i was at like for example i went to work uh i think it was yesterday and the young lady was like you guys and she was like i don't want i'm sorry and i was like look i had to explain i'm not with all the I'm not even trying to be with all the gender nonconformities and trying to ex- exert my womanhood and make sure everyone know that who, hey, this is me. I'm a strong woman. Whoop de whoop de whoop. And she was like, yeah, just people, just I said, I understand. And but it's sad that we don't understand that that's part of our sinful nature to be. Uh, Oversensitive, hypersensitive, because it shows that our it, it shows that we're prideful. You know, our egos, you know, are being, you know, we we, we want our ego stroked. I'll put it like that. We don't want to admit it, but the 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 hypersensitivity of us is our egos have taken over. The flesh is. I mean, our fleshly manner, our fleshly nature, we're so focused on that that we don't even want to try to say, hey, no matter what no one says, I know who I am, you know. And I think this is where all of the issues arise. Because we don't know who we are. And the white man did not take our identity. We have given our identity up. Because we don't want to believe in the one true God. We don't want to believe in Jesus Christ. Because we're so focused on the blue-eyed, long-haired white man that... It's been has been drawn on pictures for most of our lives and we say hey let's take back our identity but we're fighting and our identity is wrapped is in God it's in Jesus Christ our identity is making sure that the inner man is growing up and we stop getting into senseless worldly battles that's not our place so we gotta wake up world 
Running because things get too hard will keep us in pain. So, which brings me to why I say wake up world and I'm talking about hurt feelings. Now, I didn't delve too deep into the story because when I, when I bring up a topic of that's going on in the world or in, they put out in the media, I don't, I don't go into it to give my perspective. Uh, the story of Dwayne Wade said he's taking his family, he's leaving Florida because of their, LB, their LGBTQ plus laws. And um, I looked at that and I was like, okay, we get offended. Like I was watching Gabrielle Union's interview and she was talking about Boosie. Little Boosie, and she, she made herself to me. She came down to his level. She did not let her, her she did not let go of her pride and her ego. Because where he was telling Dwayne Wade that Whatever Boosie was saying about Dwayne Wade, you know, allowing his young child to um, transition. She then went on to say, oh, he's too worried about my child. He must be, you know, a lip, you know, he must be gay. And the thing about it, Boosie, little girl is gay. And that's the thing, you know, hurt feelings, being offended. We really need to keep our mouths off of people. That's why when I look at stories, I don't want to give my perspective because when you're, trying, when you're watching other people to the, to the extent that you talk negative about them, you'll find yourself in that same pit or even worse where somebody will say hey now look at you you know what do you what do you say about you okay <clears throat> now this this hypersensitive society let me speak to you and i say because you feel like you're woke but i think you're still sleepwalking guys because it says in Proverbs 11 and 2, when pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble is wisdom. So when someone is telling you the truth, not, not something that they came up with or trying to tell you uh, they don't like, you know, something about you. But if they're telling you the truth and your pride gets in the way, you know, because as parents, you know, we have been given a great task and it's our duty to make sure that we raise our kids up in the admonition of the Lord. So that's the first thing that I would say about the situation you know it's pride 
is pride. And 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 with when you're prideful, the shame comes. So it's telling us that, hey, when you're prideful, you will be shamed. Because a lot of times when you when you think that you are doing what's right, because this is how I know that we are prideful because you hear so many people say, I'm living my truth. But the truth is separate from my truth. So if I'm living my truth, that means somewhere in there, I'm doing something that's contrary to what God says do. So wake up, world. We got to wake up. And we got to stop fooling ourselves. We got to stop fooling ourselves. And then we got to stop getting so angry. That's the other part of the sinful nature that arises when somebody's telling you the truth. In Proverbs 29 and 23, verse 23, it says, A man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will retain honor. The pride will, your pride will bring you low. Think about what happened to Moses' sister when she went against, her pride caused her and Aaron to try to, to come up against Moses. They felt like they were coming up against Moses, but they were coming up against God. Because God does not make any mistakes on who he chooses to lead or who he chooses to do his bidding, his will. You know, we, we, we make the right choices and then God leads us. And when God has that, when you have the favor of God on you and someone is mad and they try to come up against you, they will lose. They will lose. They will, every time they will lose. So when when they get mad at a person telling the truth, they're not getting mad at mad at that person. They're coming up against God. And that's what we gotta understand. You can you can talk bad about me regardless of what you say. I'm I'm speaking for I'm speaking the truth. So if I'm speaking the truth, then I know I don't have to worry about whether or not um you coming up against me. Because if you come up against me, that's okay. And, and when you come up against me, you you lose. I don't. And you lose because you're not coming up against the person that's telling the truth. 
So Dwayne Wade or anybody that feels like someone is mistreating them, someone is doing them wrong because of their life choices. I don't have the right to condemn Dwayne Wade or his son or Gabriel Union, but I do have the right to tell them that the truth of the matter is you can leave Florida. You can go live wherever you want to live, but you can't run from God. You can't run from the fact that you know, you can't run from the fact that God is in control and what he says goes. I can go wherever I want to go. But if I'm wrong, God is going to deal with me. It doesn't matter what the people of, I live in Memphis. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what the people of Memphis say about how I choose to, to live. Because I can go to Timbuktu, but God is in all, through all, and he's everywhere. He's omnipresent. So you can't go to Louisiana and say, I'm getting away from people judging me. Or I'm getting away from people and their laws telling me that I'm sinning. Because it's a reason that certain things are starting to change. Like all of the years that Roe v. Wade has been in place and, it's, and, it, and it changed like that. Why do you think that is? See, we give credit to men and lawmakers, but God is moving because the time is drawing near. You can, we can keep fighting against God if we want to, but at the end of the day, we're going to lose. We're going to lose. That's that's what we got to wake up to. We. We're still asleep when it comes to that aspect because we think, oh, I'm not losing. Yeah, you're losing. Because we look around each and every day and we see things, tragic things taking place. You know, uh, transgender woman goes into a Christian school and, and she kills children. And we, we're seeing these things and we're like, oh, people just going crazy. They may be. But why do you think that is? It's because of the hypersensitive, prideful way that we're starting to live. Whether we want to admit it or not, we're making bad choices. And those of us that say we believe 
we're scared to to speak out and say you're wrong no no man or woman can can change the the design that's been in place since the beginning of the world you can you can desire to change it but all of this gender nonconformity gender dysphoria all of these things are made up things and we but we but we take it and we speak about it as if it's gospel but you don't want to believe that Jesus Christ came lived died and was resurrected that's so hard to believe but you you can you can believe that I'm I'm born and I don't know whether I I feel like I'm trapped in a a, a woman's body I I want to believe that that can happen that's a manipulation that's a manipulation so we got to wake up because we think we're woke because everybody wants to say we got to try to understand it but what is there to understand women are image bearers men are image bearers and they were image bearers created male and female it wasn't no male female and other and uh depending on how you feel uh if you're confused it, it's none of that it's none of that So you can go from Florida to wherever and you will still find yourself dealing with the consequences of your actions and your choices. In Proverbs 14 and 17 Solomon puts it this way. A quick-tempered man acts foolishly. A man of wicked intentions is hated. So, you're so quick to we're so quick to get mad. It says a quick-tempered man acts foolishly. So when you're quick-tempered, you react in a bad way. and our tempers are flaring so quick in today's society. Dwayne Wade played the bulk of his NBA career in my in Florida. They love Dwayne Wade. They call they they he's an icon in Miami. If you know, if we want to be honest, they love Dwayne Wade. and now you're ready to leave because you're on this this journey seeking to protect yourself from the bad choices that you make because that's all it is that's if you sum it up we all have to stop being hypersensitive including myself And that's really all I was trying to say. 
you know, even with that story. I was just trying to point out, you know, our hypersensitive, you know, attitude. Because, like, I could say Proverbs 14 and 17 speaks to me, you know, quick-tempered. And with me being quick-tempered, I, re- I react in a bad way. You know, I react in a negative way. And that's because I, I don't stop and think and, 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 and try to come to, you know, a better conclusion of a situation. I don't stop and say, you know what, let me think about this and let me do, you know, what I know is right. So, guys, I just want us to wake up and understand that, yeah, we're living in, 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 in some perilous times. But we we can make a change. We can make a change, and I'm not I'm not gonna be oblivious and say we have a whole lot of time. But I am gonna be honest and say we can make a change. We can do the right things. We can make better choices. We can do that. We don't have to continue down the same path that we've been on for years. And we're, then we're wondering, what, what, what's going on? What's wrong? Why is my life like this? We can make the right choices. We don't have to stay in this state because this is a dissolute state. And, I can, and I'm going to end with this by saying, I know we can change. And it's simple what we have to do to bring about the change. In 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, the word of God puts it this way. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. Our land is, it needs healing. And the way to that is prayer and the way to that is to turn from our wicked ways and stop running from the truth because we're running with the majority and the majority and the blind is leading the blind guys let's reprogram our thinking let's get back to love let's recover the life that the devil tries to take from us each and every day and most importantly God may not be there when you want him, but he'll be there in the nick of time. Peace. I love you, and so does God.